Shout out my girl Marissa for keeping a nigga fresh, you dig? I'm shouting out Marissa Mendez right now. She knew me for like 10 years. And Marissa, yeah, she was right on the money. Marissa, Marissa Mendez is here. Oh, oh shit. Damn. Marissa. This is Marissa right here. This is the reason why I'm flyer than all you niggas. <laughs> Thanks, too. You understand? This is my dude. This is Marissa, man. It's Taylor Gang and Don. We don't even got to say shit because Marissa explains it all. And you do know that. Okay, here we go. We are recording. Welcome to a new episode of Marissa Explains It All. If at any point Joyce or Jamal, who are both here, that was my introduction, um, I start popping again, the audio, let me know so we can stop. You popping. Oh, you popping, Marissa. Thanks, literally and figuratively. We've been troubleshooting you guys for like 45 minutes. No, that's an exaggeration. Like 30 minutes? Because, yeah, yeah, because I've been having some audio trouble that we've not yet figured out, so... The solution is recording on my old laptop that is very ancient and slow. So, yeah. But welcome. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you guys a lot for all the feedback last week. I, I guess that goes without saying because, yeah, I'm really, really appreciative. And all the messages, like, it's just really cool because we all kind of help each other, like, seeing those messages, seeing a lot of you guys say that it helped reaffirm what you're doing. But seeing you guys tell me that reaffirms what I'm doing. So in turn, we're all reaffirming each other. And it's been a really cool. I've only gotten <laughs> one negative comment. And it had nothing to do with the podcast. I just mean in general, like negative energy. And it was some random person that made a fake page to congratulate me for letting a man that doesn't claim me drive my car with random bitches in it. <laughs> wow, that's a... It's like an oddly specific scenario. Yeah, that's very. <laughs> How did it happen? Yeah, and then like, but there's like layers to it because it's not even like there's a worry of like who it could be in my life. So then it's like on that side, I'm like, is it a troll that's just completely saying something to make me wonder? Like I'm the wrong person to troll because I'm not just one of those people that just brush it off. Like I have to investigate every part of the claim. Like I'm annoying. I ask questions. Like. I'm just not worth the energy because I it's not fun. And um, yeah, so she commented. I was like wondering. And so then she DM'd me or no, it has to be she. There's definitely no way it's a he. She DM'd me and was like, um, I'll erase the comment, but I'm just looking out for a friend. A reliable source told me that you guys were dating the same person. And I was like, I promise. And she said, hey, sis, like her energy was completely different. Like you're taunting me in my comments. You're so sure. And then said that, and then, um, yeah, she I told her we're not. And then she said again that her friend swears that she has a good guy and she really needs to know if it's him. So I don't know who was trying to figure out what, who's been claiming me to somebody else. I don't know what's happening, but yeah. Why isn't she taking that up with her friend? That's what I'm saying. And if you thought, if you if your friend allegedly thinks he's got, she's got a good guy. Like, well, not so good. Yeah, why would you automatically assume he's in the car with bitches and my car? Like, that's multiple. Right, what car is he driving? Is he not? Right, there's, like, so many red flags that I just, I I don't understand. And the only time, like, that a man, I believe, has even been in my car ever in life was, like, I gave Guap a ride once in, like, January. And then I gave my two home homeboys a ride this weekend 
But I was driving. And so if someone saw me this weekend and thought I wasn't me, wouldn't they also add to the sauce like a random bitch driving my car? Right? Like, I don't know. All very random. Very strange. These are all questions you have to ask the troll. I was going to, but then like they just read my last message because I told them like, you know, furthermore, I'm not letting any man drive my car that can't afford three of them. And no man that can afford three Benzes is driving his bitch's car. So that's just, that should tell you right there. And they just read it and didn't respond. So I didn't want to like return later. Like, by the way, so who are you? <laughs> nah, because, you got to uh, overkill. You got to overdo it. That's the only way this makes sense. You gotta yeah. go back at her and put something real behind it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it, I, I mean, I guess it low key does. Does it matter? It's there's no one it could be, but I guess I'm kind of curious if someone's out there lying on me. Right. Right. And like, well, what kind of car was it? Yeah. Now you gotta ask questions. What did you say, Joyce? I said it never feels good when you know that people are like gossiping about you. Right. Like, yeah. It kind of like, but like but, I've go ahead. But feeding into it, like. It's fun for a sec, and then you're like, oh, I'm doing a lot. <laughs> yeah, that felt it is, really... It is. <laughs> it is. And then I felt like I was giving it energy. Like, as I was driving to run an errand, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, whoa, this is taking up too much brain space. That Whose car were you driving? <laughs> uh, my friend, my guys, that's not claiming me, okay. <laughs> apparently. Because, <laughs> I mean, I just heard you be in that car with other women. Definitely, yeah. So, so. There's something for you to consider. Oh, yeah. Know? And they said bitches. When was the last time you were in the car with multiple women? Never. There's never been multiple people in my car at a single time yet. You know, like it's. But also, civil. props to this imaginary dude for being so ballsy as to take your car and yeah. then go all Ferris Bueller's day off in it and pick up a group of women. Right, and I don't Let's even just assume it's like five women. It should be a lot. Yeah, and I don't have tinted windows, so like, just he was just. Apparently gallivanting for the world to see. <laughs> so he's just, he's taking your whip and running field trips. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what I do in this time. I guess I'm home when that happens. I don't um, know. Yeah, you're, you're a better woman than me because I would troll. I mean, like, I know he's <laughs> riding around with them. I bought them snacks. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, trolling is like, I don't do, trolling's not my thing. It's not really uh, It keeps alley. your teeth white. It keeps your teeth white. Don't ever sell yourself short. Just send them a picture of your foot. Take a page out of my book. I, you know, I can't do Joyce, it. Joyce, that's not the answer to everything. Um, it might that be. Really is, is I mean, they mortal enemies with Wop Dad, so I guess it's not the right answer. But um, did, did, didn't you make an OnlyFans for your feet, or am I making that up in my brain? I did, and to be perfectly honest, I must for real capitalize on it. Yeah, what are you waiting for? I don't know, because I... I don't know. I, no, I seriously. Know, like, like, what are you actually waiting for? Nothing. There's nothing to stop you, bro. I know. I know. I, fine. If you guys want to follow me on OnlyFans, it's OnlyFans.com slash maybe Feet. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, because, and we were going to talk about OnlyFans anyway, so we might as well pivot to it. But I think OnlyFans is so fucking dope. Like, it's really offering women a chance to just fucking level the fuck up with their money and do whatever the fuck they want like that's amazing the cool thing too is like i I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about uh it was angela yee's podcast and she was just saying like 
OnlyFans isn't just for women and it's not just for like what everybody thinks that it's for, you know, like right. posting, like nudes or like, I don't know, ASMR videos. Like people are posting like full on cooking videos on there or anything, any service that you could subscribe to. Like uh-huh. it's basically like Patreon, but OnlyFans and like more people have OnlyFans than Patreon. It seems so. So then would I, so what would the difference be? Is it just that OnlyFans is the only platform that allows nudity and selling of sexual content? Is that what makes them different? Can you not do that on Patreon? What? Can you not sell nudity on Patreon? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, are they just two? Are they are they the, the same service, just different companies? I think that OnlyFans is a little bit easier to navigate as well. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, the cool thing about the people who are doing the OnlyFans stuff is that it really is a business, and you can find different like business strategies and like how much you're charging people and like what your base pay is going to be and how you're going to retain followers and like people put on there like that they have different tips so you can like tip them for doing things so I know that a friend of mine is literally charging ten dollars for every message that she responds to someone so like Uh. they pay they pay eight dollars and fifty cents to subscribe to her for the month and then like when they dm her for her to respond to them they have to tip her ten dollars so she's made like so much money just from dming people back and she was like yeah like i used to do that on my instagram but then i just told them to subscribe to my OnlyFans, and the people who would dm me on instagram anyway have now paid have decided to start paying me on OnlyFans, and it's fucking lit wow so maybe you should run that up marissa <laughs> Yeah, I, I just can't find it in me to charge people for, like, responding. Why? I don't know. I just feel like, what if me responding would inspire someone to go have a good day and do something great, but I missed so out on that. I do, just make it free. On, but then what's the point of having an OnlyFans? If I some, just... some, then people can tip if they want to, but mine is free and it's just messages of me telling people that their hair looks good before they have Zoom calls. <laughs> I hate you so much. And my page is completely free. <laughs> I, I sent two personalized videos like, would you mind saying, oh yeah, sure, why not? I'll do it. Um, so yeah. Have you actually really done that? Yeah, my, my it's onlyfans.com backslash now you look good. N A H Y O U L O O K G O O D. Now you look good. <laughs> oh my god. Do you have <laughs> monthly subscribers? I have two subscribers. It's not it's not lucrative at all. I'm not it's purely <laughs> just a joke that I decided to really take there. <laughs> See, that's I was how like, this fuck works. it, I should follow through. And so I made it. I'm horrible at <laughs> I don't have data. I put all of two videos on there. <laughs> once in the past month. But, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, if you guys want to follow, like the link will be made available for you. It's onlyfans.com backslash now you look good. Nice. <laughs> I think everybody so should fun. go fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't really see anything wrong with it. I think it's really empowering. I just hope that, like, women have a game plan. Just vilified it. 
Like people make it yeah. seem like it's wrong. Like, oh, you're selling your news on OnlyFans. Yeah, motherfucker, you was thinking of subscribing to it. Let her do. I mean, that's there's a long-standing thing with shaming sex workers, and you know, probably well, see, but oh no, it's absolutely all of that. I just hope that the women going into it though have a game plan and aren't taking it on the chin for shit. Uh, I mean, uh, haha, you're so perverted. Um, for nothing, you know, just to have some spending money. Like, I, I want to remind women, like, fucking do that shit, but like, also have a game plan and really fucking do that shit, bro. Like, don't just do it to do it because that's shitty. I think that so many women, like, are knowing that, though. Like, you know, people are buying fucking houses with their only fans. Good, man. So and yeah. then also, like, just knowing, like, how different people decide to structure their OnlyFans. So, like, uh-huh. it might seem like they're going to post nudes or whatever because, like, that's the way they advertise it on Instagram. And then you actually go. And it's not like they bamboozled you because they never said they were going to be posting nudes on there. And then they, you, you actually go onto their OnlyFans and it's like they're just doing regular stuff, like maybe cooking in a bra and underwear. But it's like whatevs. And, like, you're making money off of it. Like, go you. That shit's lit. This, wow. Um, the girl that I know that's doing it, she's, like, in the top, like, 3.8% of all creators, and she's been doing it for, like, two months. I think she just, like, does, like, yoga naked and, like, cooks naked, and it, she only posts, like, two videos a month, and she is making fucking bank. Like, in one week, she was, like, I made, like, 4,000 bucks this week. What? Yeah, like every single week, it's more and more, and I'm just like, how much now? How much now? Okay, but like, let's let's talk about the long term, right? Like, as a, we're we're all mature adults, seriously, that could think objectively. Um, what does that look like when like our naked yoga video is on the internet in 20 years? Does it fucking matter? Does it not? I don't know. I don't know. Running for public office, like what? What's the damage that's done there? Yeah, what is it? And like. I'm not going to not hire you or hire you based on the fact that you did no naked yoga on the internet once. Like, I don't give a shit about that. If you could fucking do creative shit that I need to hire you for, bitch, do naked yoga all day. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think it is something to think about, though. Like, that's the reason why I personally probably, well, as of where I stand right now, like, I don't want to post anything majorly explicit on my OnlyFans because yeah, I for me, I know that like I have built like my brand off of like my real first and last name and like yeah, everybody yeah. know and I have tattoos that are like very identifiable and so if, even if I did jump on OnlyFans and like did it in the because some people can like kind of remain anonymous on there like if they make their username something that has nothing to do with who they really are and aren't sharing too much information you're just like another girl on the internet but I think it just depends on how you decide to market it and, and whether or not you do care because I think for me, like, I feel like I might still be, I want to keep my corporate doors open. So I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. I'm on some like super fuck corporate shit. So I guess I don't think in that realm, but you're absolutely right. That could affect it. Although that would suck. And technically that's like discriminatory and you could sue for that. But how do you prove they actually even saw that? It's a whole thing. So I fuck, yeah, I guess it, it depends. I was joking with, uh, me and my, this guy were joking um, that we would 
make an anonymous page and put our sex on there. But like, we have way too, just like you said, we have way too many fucking tattoos. So even if we wore fucking masks, I'd have to wear like a wig or something. Oh my God, a mask? What kind of mask would you choose, Marissa? I think I would do like some ridiculous shit every time. And that would be the fun part of it. But I'd have to change my hair. We both have hand tattoos. The person that I was joking about it with, like stomach tattoos for them, leg tattoos for me. Like there's no fucking way. There's, it's how do you cover that shit? <laughs> Unless you just did it in masks fully clothed with gloves on and you just cut holes with product <laughs> and that becomes the whole like shtick of our of our yeah. only fans put on hazmat suits i read today that they found in people's semen coronavirus so like it can they're thinking it might be sexually translated translated <laughs> transmitted as well Oh, well, yeah. that's pretty shitty. I mean, that sounds legit. The tracks, I guess. Yeah, but why wouldn't it be? <laughs> why wouldn't it I mean, be like, Well, like, in yeah. semen, like, actually, like, obviously, if you're going to fuck anyways, like, you're probably going to get that shit because, like, you're fucking. But now they're saying that it's lethal sperm, you know? I mean, you should be wearing condoms and then also... <laughs> If they have coronavirus in general, you'd probably get it before the sperm reached you because you're around them. <laughs> so, would you say, Maul? Not if they're not kissing. Oh, I mean, that's true. It could just be a little uh, fly-by-night situation. Keep it a distance, only from the back, so no face-to-face contact. He got a six-inch, a six-inch, a six-foot dick. <laughs> We discussed this on an earlier episode. I was like, if that is the case for you, then you desperately need to consider what you're doing with your life. There's no reason to be able to have sex with somebody from six feet away. Um, I mean, I feel like quarantine is like almost over, though. And then in that case, it is, it is not. But like in that case, I wanted to ask you guys, what does the new normal like? I mean, we don't know until we know and they announce it, but. For you personally, how do you guys want to move in the next few weeks? Even, you know, not depending on what America's doing. Um, if you're asking me, I feel very grateful to have a job, but I realize more and more that I do not want to go back to my job. So I, Do you have a date to go back? Is there a date? Um, I was set to go back when this whole furlough day thing started. The letter said May 30th, um, and then they would kind of see from there. As of right now, it looks like that might be the like the real projected date. Uh, I'm not sure completely, though. I know that in California, all of our kind of, not all of our, some of our businesses have opened up today. And then they're going to start slowly rolling out phase two. Um, and then included in phase two would be my job. So oh, what's in phase one? Phase one right now, parks and some trails are opened back up. Um, certain kinds of businesses are allowed to open, but not hair salons, barber shops, and offices like office buildings, commercial stuff. Um, but I think that retail businesses are businesses are allowed to open for pickup, curbside pickup. Okay, and Maul, are you gonna still kind of quarantine for a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not in a rush to be around none of these motherfuckers. Look, the second wave of this shit 
is going to hit hard as fuck. It's going to be bad. It's going to yeah, be bad. Yeah, it's going to be horrendous. So I'm not in a rush to go out and be around folks and get back to, because the sense of normalcy, like a, a overall sense of normalcy, we're at least a year away from anything. Oh, for sure. I'm not yeah. in a rush to be around these motherfuckers, these people who are going to parties and doing all that shit and insist on being out and about and motherfuckers who will stand in front of a courthouse because they're not allowed to go to a park. And why we'll- did my... Why did my homegirl text me the other day coming from Jersey? She was like, hey, sis, are you quarantining um, properly? Or do you want to go to Chris Brown's birthday party with me? Me and my homegirl are flying out. I was like, bitch, no for like mad reasons. But one, no, because that is not safe. But also... I'm not gonna the fuck. I'm not gonna Chris Brown's birthday party. Like I'm not risking life and limb He's for not that. The one that you're gonna <laughs> go yeah, like now if you would have invited me to like, I don't even know who you could get me to like really risk it all for at this point. I don't even. Know. risking Corona for? Yeah, risk Corona for reason. This is what I don't understand either. It's like I feel like why is he even having a birthday party? It's but like, that's you know, the funny shit because he didn't even post about it too, which I it was so funny because the next day I had to write an article about Thug wishing uh, not Thug um who's that other one Drake wishing him a happy birthday and um I went to go like say like you know what Chris did during his birthday and not none of them had the post up and I was like wow and then I realized like even my homegirl did it all on her close friends fucking <laughs> story so um, they knew they were fucking not great for it but yeah I mean but it's I like know, you I, live in a giant house you have so many like you like dude, I feel, I feel yeah. for the people that are like stuck at home and like you know living with grandma grandpa aunt sally like everybody like I, like i was thinking about it too like if i was just quarantined like with my mom i'd probably lose my mind because i don't want to be doing that shit but like if i lived in a giant ass mansion and like had a pool and like a fucking tennis court in the back like i'd be chilling chilling like, as fuck like that you're literally quarantined and like i don't need to have the best all over it's it would be nice but like I don't. there's plenty of motherfuckers who have money and whatever else that don't enjoy their own company there's people right. who can't stand and that's the biggest issue that people have with quarantine is that they can't stand to be around themselves. Yep, yep, and yep. So, like, money be damned, a swimming pool be damned. Like, if you if you can't, if you don't like yourself, or if you're suffering in some way, and you can't escape what feels like a prison just to be trapped in your head or trapped alone with nothing but your thoughts and whatever else, like, that could be debilitating. And people just want to shake free of it and find whatever escape they can. And that's why a lot of these artists keep a million people around them also for the exact mm-hmm. fucking reason. It's that's sad. There's, yeah. I mean, and so I wasn't necessarily surprised and it kind of just speaks to where he is too, as far as like, you know, uh, I don't want to say mentally, but like on a growth level, like he's still pretty immature. If that's something that there's also like this woman broke into his crib how long ago? Like he just had a house guest that he couldn't change. No, no, no. He actually rent he rented a house for this. I hear. Oh okay. Oh, even worse. Yeah. yeah. So the you don't know what's happened, what's going on in there. Right. And you just but, gonna rush to be in there with a bunch of random motherfuckers. But I mean. 
I, I like I said, I think this is a matter of he has some growing up to do still. So, what are you gonna do? That's, I think one essential. One thing that I do have though is yeah. once everything is kind of feeling a little bit normal, um, I just want to be like obviously you know, flights are going to be really cheap and like, we're all going to want to travel or like have new experiences. But I just read this article about Hawaii and like their take on the coronavirus and they're still getting a lot of tourists, but they're saying, basically saying like, we don't really want these tourists to come. Like you don't actually care about the people in Hawaii. Like you just want to come and like have fun and like be on vacation. But what you don't realize is you're bringing the virus here and like you're literally like infecting like our state and like this is really fucked up so like can you just stay home please and so I even though like all my friends were trying to like plan a trip or like trying to go somewhere and like I don't want to be responsible for taking part in like bringing the virus to like a different country yeah and you shouldn't So that like, even though, cause I, cause I see people are like, oh, I'm going to like Barbados and I'm like, what, why? Wow. Yeah. I don't think that traveling is the, the move at all this summer. I mean, like, I don't know. I did see like, for me, I was thinking maybe like me and a friend or two rent a cabin in like the woods or something and just like vibe out there and just change the scenery. Yeah. Like that yeah. was what I was thinking yeah. I would do this <laughs> summer. <laughs> Like that was, but that's kind of how I spent my life anyway. I mean, I would like to travel, but other than that, like, you know, as long as we could just do that, I'll be happy. Like I, I could, I, that's all I need to do. I just want to chill and maybe go to a store when I like, when I need to and not have to wait and stuff. And also be able to get toilet paper. Have you had trouble finding toilet paper? Yeah, they actually just put some in my store, though, but you can only buy in like a huge quantity like they're still not it's still not a regular stock of toilet paper yet. I keep finding like every store I go to, I see toilet paper in excess and paper towels. I got I got no one you you, you have requests. Send me a list. Of I what? Marissa literally just said she doesn't. She hasn't been able to find toilet paper. Hold on down. No, I have some now. But... Oh, yeah, either. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I also just don't. I mean, I realize women probably use more toilet paper than men, but like I haven't. I'm on a roll every three weeks. Like yeah. I haven't been powering through toilet paper like that. I'm a roll a week. I'm I about. You also don't live by yourself. Yes. But like Marissa probably knows this. I pee like every, I pee like twice an hour. No, it's like ridiculous. It's like really ridiculous. But I don't know about your, I hate the people that use like like a huge wad of toilet paper for, to just pee. Like, oh my gosh, my mom stayed here over the summer and like she went through a roll in like three days. Like the fuck do people do with all the toilet paper? Yeah, see, that's, that ain't necessary. But, like, a lot of people do that. Whenever I have a house guest, they tend to, like, completely finish my roll of toilet paper in the guest bathroom downstairs. Marissa's taking inventory, all you house guests. I am. Like, you motherfuckers need to pay me back in toilet paper because it's a valuable good these days. When do you think we're going to be, like, up, up in about, like, July, you think? I mean, and by that, I mean in a very light sense, but... Uh, I think everything's going to be so gradual. Like, restaurants are going to open, but you're not going to be able to eat at them. I think that the stores are going to be open, but you might not be able to try things on in the fitting rooms. I think that 
everything like it, it nothing's gonna be normal so it's like hard to answer that question yeah I guess and that I, was kind and of I know me. for like touring artists and stuff like they're not gonna be doing that shit for a while tours probably won't happen until 2021 Definitely. Yeah, a girlfriend of mine that works um, in that arena said that there she. I spoke to her today before she had the call, but she said that they did have a call for um, uh, touring and what that's going to look like post quarantine. And um, she knows there's going to be a lot of changes. And she said even one of her artists, uh, they got the updated studio rules from the label because the label, you know, provides studio time and has their own studio space they book and. Um, they're like limiting it to artists plus one and one member of their management team. And like, you have to wash hands before entering the room. Like there's going to be a lot of interesting. So I'm saying even when normal returns, what we understand is normal is going to be, it'll be shut. Yeah. And then like for restaurants, right. Because they're saying a lot of post quarantine America looks like masks, but like, you know, I mean, wearing masks everywhere, but like, you can't, you can't wear a mask. To wear a, a mask while you're eating. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I also know that like before we went into full lockdown, they were trying to do six feet away tables. So, I would assume that's probably the vibe for the the beginning potentially if they open. This shit is going to be weird, weird. That is it the is. only thing that I really do miss, though, is sitting down and eating at a restaurant. I don't know how much I, I just want to get rich and so I can cop my beautiful home with a fire ass backyard and just have my people there all the time and I don't ever have to worry about anything. It's a fire's market now. You got good credit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's uh that's the best way to go. But anyway, so <laughs> Joyce <laughs> I am just like whatever. Um I really liked your theme about the outgoing Drake in this generation gap that we didn't predict. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should talk about that and I want you to like lead that because that was a cool ass conversation piece so I read this article and the article was by a gentleman named David Dennis Jr. shout out David and mm-hmm. basically he was talking about how he first listened to Drake when he was 22 years old and at the time he really connected to Drake because Drake was just talking like being very vulnerable and it was a side that we or at least he hadn't really seen in the hip hop space or rap space and you know Drake was talking about being raised by a single mom not having a great relationship with his dad and he really felt all of those emotions and he feels now that you know Drake's been in the game for however long that Drake's still making music for 22-year-olds and it's not for him anymore. And he feels like he's really outgrown Drake. And I guess just kind of like, I just wanted to talk about the trajectory of, I guess, artists or how artists tend, like for the most part, even if you know your music does evolve and that just kind of goes with like your life and we were talking about kind of immaturity earlier and do you think that Drake's kind of just like a genius and wants to only make pop music or is he actually kind of stuck I I struggle with that because I think we know just how smart Drake is like he makes it very clear and any you know his wordplay alone just speaks to the wit of that man and the way that his brain works but at the same time, we also see his pattern frequently with women. 
And so obviously, or maybe, I, I mean, yeah, no, obviously like there's something wrong there. So maybe it is a matter of there's a level of depth that he can't quite reach yet. And that's reflecting now in his music and reflecting in his choices with women and in learning himself and finding success. So that could be that. Or like I said, it could all be like super calculated because Drake's a fucking genius. I, 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 I can't call it. What do you think? Mom? I don't know if it's an inability to do it. I just think he hasn't had to do it. Like exactly. okay. David is a, a terrific writer, but David is one part of his audience. So if you're refusing right. to evolve and you're still pandering, to a seemingly younger or, or to a younger audience, not seemingly, and they're still streaming your music at constant. They're still supporting you and buying merch and going to shows and ensuring that you are still, you know, a number one artist, if not easily top five. Yeah. Then why would you change that up? Why, why am I going to cater to like, save like, Someone like Jay-Z, whose audience evolved with him, and I'm not going to do the old nigga thing and just mm-hmm. use Jay-Z as a leaning post, but Jay, Jay's audience evolved with him for the most part. Like, we grew up with Jay-Z. Right. Drake's audience hasn't had to do that. Drake's audience has grown up, and he's like, here, I'll throw you a record every now and then. Like, let me give you the one vulnerable record, and then you get your other vapid and fairly, you know, fairly shallow selections, and you can fall in love with them. But see, I think that I see, I don't listen. I I don't get excited about Drake. So I had to text our boy Taylor. Shout out Taylor. Did you Taylor, ever get excited about Drake? Yes. Okay. I There was definitely a point for me. The last album that I was very excited about was probably Views. The one that came out after that. I That's what I started to lose interest. Okay. Um, but I know Taylor, he is a huge fan of Drake. So I sent him an article. Shit about Drake. And I wanted to know what he thought. And uh, Taylor said, I still haven't heard the new project, but I'm so happy for him. And I go, this is a really good <laughs> I talked about how he first heard Drake at 22 and wanted to go grow with Drake, but misses Drake's honesty and vulnerability and feels like Drake is still making music for 22-year-olds. And Taylor said, I wholeheartedly agree, which is why I don't rush to listen. He was like the last thing I was holding on to as far as music, but now I don't really care at all. Wow. Damn, that's deep. And he's like, so it's like, you know, he's like, I'm happy for him, but it's just I not. I feel like Drake him. let Taylor down. Yeah. You know what's kind of crazy? Really he's like, like, I understand that on a deeper level, though. Like, I mean, with some of the singles that Ty put out lately, I felt like that. Or like when he put out the My Ty project, I still haven't heard that. I didn't care. I knew it wasn't going to be what I wanted to hear. Here's the thing. It's a luxury. It's it's a luxury to grow with artists or to have artists grow with you, but it's yeah. not something that's promised, right? And it's not so, obligated by that artist. So like, to to make music to grow with whoever started with him, you know, that's not their job, right? You make music according to what is going to sell. Yeah. Well, depending but on what your it depends on what your brand is or what your lane. Yeah, is. what you're looking to do. Yeah, that it does depend on and that because right. if you have like a, a a niche market that has followed, you know, your hardcore fan base that's followed you since day one, like they need that. And yeah, they do. But you, so the the understanding with that hardcore audience is that they'll be there with you regardless. 
Well, those are actually, now that I say that out loud, I feel like a lot of those ones, some of them, not a lot, some of those ones are the ones that'll be like, oh, you changed, now you're going pop and you're too mainstream. And then they actually jump ship when, that, mm. when the artist gets really popular. They don't like that either. There is, it's so many like kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't thing with artists. It's so it's like, at Why one not point. just keep making the music that you want to yeah. find? Yeah, do do what makes you feel good and inspires you and like just let whatever comes out come out come and that's it. Like yeah. and hopefully and it it should it'll resonate if it's from the spirit, it'll resonate with somebody. <laughs> I feel like with Drake though, it's like he started out kind of pioneering that sad boy like vulnerable lane and kind of it feels like he took it all away cuz now it's really I don't even know what he's saying like that 2C slide song I'm like what is this about I I didn't even listen I in a way I feel like every song now is just popular but it's it's not saying anything whereas before it was popular and there was like a little bit more substance to it as well well the vulnerability goes away as soon as you make vulnerability acceptable doesn't it like you're vulnerable up until it's celebrated and then you're not vulnerable anymore. Yeah, they made it mainstream essentially. So now yeah. people are doing it just to get the headline, and it's probably a surface level of vulnerability anyway. And we actually don't really know shit. Exactly. You give them just enough to be comfortable, welcome you with open arms, and then you be whoever you want. I mean, but a lot of these artists have grown, and it's interesting too because. You kind of don't check back in, and the one when we're not following an artist's journey, we only think of them one way. And if we haven't been paying attention to their music over the years, and then we check back in, and they're a whole different person. Like you were saying on the sheet, Joyce, you had a few examples of artists that have completely evolved. Oh, like Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that Beyonce has done like the her journey like I think that people have been able to grow with her but she's also still managed to stay relevant and true to herself and like her whole thing is like I feel like she's just staying authentic to like the Beyonce that we all know like the Savage remix that she hopped on like it's still like nasty Beyonce that we love but we also know that she yes nasty Beyonce shout out OnlyFans (laughs) um But she's also able to, like, we know that she has depth as an artist. And, like, she will bring important things to the forefront. Like, we know that she's all about female empowerment and she recognizes Black history. Like, those aren't, I don't think that we feel like we're bombarded with that. She's just able to, like, evolve as a person. And then also that influences her music. Yeah. And, like, her husband as well at 444 was the perfect example of that. Yeah, well, shout out to growth and hoping that art. I feel like yeah, salute to those who are able to who lean into it. Not necessarily who are able to achieve it, but have you felt a lot of growth from Eminem? I feel like when I hear him, I hear the same thing I heard in ninth grade, and that's why I can't listen to him anymore. I feel Eminem's growth because Eminem's growth is more personal, so he's absolutely still the same brand. Okay. But who he is as a person has changed due to sobriety, okay. due to like any number of factors. So it's it doesn't feel like the same music mm-hmm. because or it feels like the same music. Pardon me, but it doesn't feel you don't feel the same affinity for him as an artist. Got it. Or I understand. No part yeah. of it 
you know, like you're not young, so the antics don't fly, and also there are no antics. You know, like it's so you that attachment outside of the music isn't there anymore. So the gotcha. subject matter is gonna like is gonna bore you. Like it was cool. Yeah. When you were, it was funny when you were putting Kim into a trunk. Ha ha ha! Great record. Like you would never, but now it's just like, uh, you know, y'all can't just leave each other alone. Like you know, it, it changes. Yeah, I, I get I get you. Interesting. What's Drake gonna do though when he's no longer relevant? Does he care, Ben? He'll always be relevant as like a member of like he's forever in pop culture history. Like he he is an icon for sure. How many fan like how many of like the younger like the twenty two year olds do you think actually like Drake because of Drake or just because the song is catchy? Uh, I think Drake's still a bit a brand. So. Yeah, Drake is quite an entry, one hundred percent. That's how they find their way to it. Yeah, as songs you don't like, or even if you don't like them initially, you eventually they grow on you. They get catchy, or you find the whatever redeeming quality about them. Yeah, Drake's far too recognizable and famous to like have a song out that's like precedes him. Like people are listening to the song and not for. I don't think that. Yeah, you'll never love you'll never love a Drake record for it being a record, but you'll love it for being Drake. A Drake record, yeah. And then my second question on top of that is Yeah, you ask a lot of questions. Do you uh-huh. think that albums are dead? Uh, no. In the way that we knew them they are. How, but physically, like what do you mean what can you clarify? Dead how? I mean, I feel like for me, why I liked albums and my favorite albums are artists that I really like enjoy the the whole of like everything. Like I, I like the whole project because I can, you know, kind of put myself in relating to them more. Like my favorite albums have been like the Janae ones or, you know, like because I feel that I feel mm-hmm. like now as music and it's being consumed differently it, it's the music people are just listening to music because they like it and like there's less music to connect with so if that's the case like I feel like then only like singles will just leave the forefront and like albums will lose their importance well I think singles have always led the charge the beauty in the album is that if it is truly a cohesive body of work uh, and cohesive body of work with more than one record that people can gravitate towards, then people tend to fall in love with the album. I think the, to your point, the focus is largely single driven. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, it's forever been largely single driven, but people don't feel like that's enough to get you, since we're just counting streams, we don't necessarily fully count album sales. That makes it feel like the album is dead somewhat. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever think that need to have a project that resonates from first track to last. You know, I think people are still going to want to listen to that. They're going to want to hear full offerings. They're going to- I know, I do. Yeah, I think it'll always hold a place. It may not be as huge, but I think it's always going to be important. It offers a full depth of an artist beyond what they package in the little bow for radio and money, you know? Absolutely. Um, Okay, so- I actually have a story that I wanted to share and we and we talked about it on group chat. I mean, I, I think when I first thought to share it, I, I was going to do the long version and really explain it. But 
I don't really know how I feel about it now. It was just very interesting because in having all of these um, moments where I'm really figuring out my patterns and, and moments where I'm realizing where I didn't speak my truth or why I acted a certain way because of, you know, all of that, those layers of shit. Um, I realized there was one incident because even just last week I said it myself, I'm like, you know, it's really crazy having worked in this industry and I've never yet, um, experienced any type of sexual assault or, you know, anything that I could say that I'd want to step up and call somebody out for and in sitting here and reflecting, I realized there actually was one incident where, and actually I wasn't even reflecting. I was writing an article and I had to reference, well, I was writing an article about somebody and um, this person's name showed up in the article and it like fucking, yeah, like I felt like such a fucking knot in my stomach and I didn't know what to do in the moment because I realized as soon as I felt that not because it was so crazy. Like, you know, I deliberately have sex with who I have sex with and I, I choose to, you know, I, I have, I do things with intention. I don't, I don't, I've never really done anything where I felt like I didn't have power. I felt forced into something. Um, I've done things where I've like flirted and kind of like knew what I was getting myself into and got myself out if I ever needed to, but I've never felt, ever that I was in a situation where I couldn't get out of. And I realized in that moment that this was the one situation that I did feel that way. And I completely block it out of my mind so much that every time I see the person's name, which isn't that often though, but whenever I do see the person's name, it like, I remember it. Like I just found out we had sex. <laughs> like it wasn't even, you know, like everyone else, like I could see someone else. And every time I see their picture, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> sat on that motherfucking face. <laughs> but then, you know, like, but when I see this guy, like I remember immediately like those feelings that I felt. And like, I felt so many emotions in the moment because I just felt so like I'm coming straight off of the call, you know, these, these wonderful women stepping up to the platform and calling out, Zilla and calling out Chris Styles, and I'm like is this what I'm supposed to do right now like should I be calling out this person and I'm like going over the events in my mind and like it was just a matter of like you know I we had met on social well he followed me on social um before we met in person and I was just pretty honored that like somebody of you know, the accomplishments that, that he had, that he would follow me. And so I was excited. And I had another colleague that he actually followed too. And so we both were excited at the time, like up and coming. And um, he was actually pretty cool. And then he would like make flirty comments to the both of us. And the both of us like laughed about it amongst each other. So neither one of us took it serious. And he wasn't creepy really at all. And it just more so felt like he was kind of just like... <laughs> whoever takes me, I'll take them kind of thing. And um, long story short, we ended up linking up at South by that year. And he spent like the night with me and my friends. And I remember my friends like all making fun of me because he was like all over me and just, you know, I was visibly uncomfortable. But for some reason, I felt like bad because he was, I guess, so nice that I just kept it going. And I never heard this story before. Yeah, because it's literally, like, not one I even think about, like, at all. And we get to the Airbnb at the end of the night, and I I, I kind of just felt so, like, I'd walked myself into this situation that I couldn't get out of, I guess. And he wouldn't leave, and 
well, so this is how I'm like remembering it. Right. And he wouldn't leave. And I know, you know, we got in my bed and I remember that, um, I felt like obligated to have sex with him. And I was so frustrated because I never really have felt like that before. And he wasn't like in the, from what I could remember in that moment before I did anything, when I'm just, when it's all like flashing back, like I just remember thinking that, um, I had to have sex with him. And so what I remember doing was I let him finger me up until the point where like I was about to come and I let him fuck me for a little bit and I pushed him off. And I just like, I don't know how in that moment, my logic was that helped me keep my power, you know, like somehow I felt that if I came and he didn't some, you know, and like, even then, like, and even that was like stupid, everything about it was just whatever. Um, but so as I'm remembering all this, I'm just like, damn, this motherfucker's a creep, right? Like, I'm thinking all these things, and I'm like, do I call him out? Like, what am I supposed to do to remedy this, situ- remedy this situation? And then I thought about it further. I'm like, well, why don't I just have a conversation with him before I'm going to call somebody? You know, like, but it, I literally was just going through so many emotions, and I just didn't know what was supposed to be, like, the way that I, I should be handling this. And I actually ended up calling Amber as well. I'm like, bro, how, but in the middle of calling Amber, I already directly reached out to this person. And I was like, yo, I like, it like flew off my fingertips. So I was like, you know, I just want to let you know that night many years ago was like a night that I choose to forget quite like quite often. And, um, I really hope that you don't make other girls feel like that. And I just want you to know. And we ended up having like an hour long dialogue through text and yeah, through text only. And it was actually a really healthy dialogue because, and I'm I'm certainly not f- forgiving anything, but he also called to my attention um, things. And it, it was, I just, I, I, half of me wants to read the conversation, but it just all made it aware that like how me being afraid of speaking up. And again, that does, I'm trying to tread lightly here, but just really that, me and my own brokenness and not knowing how to talk or whatever, feeling some type of way and feeling, not feeling my power, feeling that I was able to speak up, kind of like put myself in that situation. Not that I'm excusing any of that. And then with him, he had self-esteem issues too, because I told him, I'm like, you're not looking at it. Like you're in a position of power. And he was like, no, I thought like, you were probably more powerful than me because the thing with him was even though he had like more accolades under his belt. And so I, and he's rubbing elbows with like really important people every day. Um, that's how I'm looking at it as a girl, a girl at the time at a radio station making $14 an hour. And I just so happened to be on a big podcast, but I'm not even getting paid for it at the time. So to me, I'm, the bottom of the barrel, you know what I mean? And he's all the way at the top. He got, he got plaques. Uh-huh. So, but he looked at it as like, you know, I'm, I'm a major personality and it was just a really interesting nuanced way to look at it because it was, it was very, there was a lot of gray area there and it wasn't black and white and I wasn't right. And I wasn't wrong and he wasn't right. And he wasn't wrong. And it was just a really cool not cool. Wow. A really interesting learning experience. Yeah. Yeah, Very eye opening about my own behavior and just the kind of things that I put myself in. And, you know, because a lot of it, like to his defense, you know, he, he recalled detail. He 
reminded me of details that I completely blocked out, but like I completely welcomed it essentially the whole night. And when he said, you know, I really appreciate this conversation. I would also love to know what I could have done differently in the future um, to prevent you from any or any girl from ever feeling like that, because I, I never want someone to feel like that again. And I was at a loss for words because I had no, and again, I mean, I also said to him, I'm like, I'm not in a place to give you advice right now. I just wanted to have this conversation and that's not even my job to do necessarily. Although I, I personally do feel like moments like that are important learning moments. And if I can teach and prevent that from happening again, and I did stop it and you know what I mean? Like, then that is important too. I just, it's still, it's it. While it's not incumbent upon you to have that conversation, like you shouldn't have to rehash or relive your traumas. There's so much growth to be gained from that because there is like sexual assault has long existed in a space of black or white. Right. So what people say is, oh, I'm not a rapist. And then you don't realize that there are all these other elements of it. There's all these other ways that it happens that we chalk up to, oh, you know, I tried. And if you accepted, then that was like, then that was okay. Right. It was consensual. Like that doesn't mean you saying yes the six, or the sixth time after I've asked you five times already and you said right. no, that's not yeah. a thing, you know, like that's, and it's not, it's not something that we, we just hear like as men, we hear like, I'm not a rapist, plain and simple, like I'm not a rapist, that's it. And that's what sexual yeah. assault has been. And, you know, we view rapists as just disgusting and desolate human beings not taking into account that there are other ways we are larger than, you know, for the most part, we're larger and stronger. And there is instantly a power dynamic that enters into play. Yes. Yeah. And And it's crazy because like, it's crazy because in more and speaking to him, I remembered like I completely blocked out what his actual personality is too. And he's actually like painfully shy But now I remember like he was just clinging to me that night, which kind of annoyed me. And so in my mind, because I thought of myself so low as far as like career wise and thought of him so highly, I'm taking his painful shyness as like, I I don't know, like I'm looking at it in a different way. And like, and then anything of him coming on to me, I'm just taking that as like pompous dickhead shit and not necessarily like, just a guy thinking he's genuinely bonding with somebody, you know what I mean? And I'm expecting him to just be able to read this body language, even though I don't really have much body language. Well, like, no, I mean, for the most part, you can't, you can have like, when you're irritated that, that body language shows off though. No, for me, for sure. But like, so exactly. So I'm thinking because he's this big guy, he can read my body language and like, be like, okay, you know, she's not with it, but if he's this painfully awkward person that he actually is, he might just think like these interactions are awkward until they, they don't get awkward anymore. You know what I mean? Or she doesn't think that he's like the the cause for it. Exactly. So we were just viewing one situation in very different ways and neither one of us were right or wrong for this situation. And that's why I wanted to discuss it. It wasn't to say like really anything other than just know that there's, this that whole that whole scenario is just never black and not never there's so many instances where that shit is not black and white and um to just hold space for that and forgive yourself not 
Oh, I don't even know how I'm trying to word be it. But just be kind. Yourself. Be patient with yourself. Yes, as you figure it out. Um, because you see other women going to big platforms doesn't mean that that's what you immediately need to do. Because what you have to remember first, above everything and all, that your healing is is important here, and you may not be in the mental space immediately once you want to call someone out to like just go put that out there and then have to relive that every single day because. It really is a fucking, it's a, it's a, it's a hard price to pay for justice that does need to be done. All I'm saying is just be kind to yourself and be mindful. And if you're not ready right now, don't force yourself if you're not and allow yourself the time and space to, to get to that point, because it is, it's a lot. It's taxing emotionally and mentally. And I'm really personally happy with the the route that I chose. And I feel that that conversation was what I needed to completely be at ease seeing his name. And I'm really comfortable with what he took from it and what I took from it. And, um, and even but at the end, like he tried to like have a conversation and be like, so how are you? And at the, I was like, no, really, I don't have that for you, but right. It's nothing but like it's all good on this side. There, are, it's no bad feelings. I have it's no negative that. energy. Yeah, but I just don't think I have a place for him right now to like have a friendship or anything. Which further speaks to an inability to kind of read the room or kind of to take social cues. Exactly, I felt like that told me right there what I needed to know. <laughs> right, he's like, so you know, what are you doing after this? Like, that's not, you know, there is a. It, it and to be clear, I want to be clear. It, it didn't. It didn't come across as like creepy trying to pick me up, but it came across as like, okay, cool. Now we could be friends again. And right. it was like, no, I don't. I don't know if I'm in that place. And not I'm not even. And I want to also make that clear. Like I'm not blaming him either. I just think that our energies intertwined in a way that, you know, gave us both. And then, and then the crazier thing is too. I I forgot this part, and he told me and. Again, it makes me forget, I guess, my power or the power of my words. But um, afterward, I actually told that story on Joe's podcast and because I had told him in our in our text conversation that night, I was like, you know, I went and fucking I lied to the people who was who were in the house and I told them that I let you eat it all night because I was just so fucking embarrassed. And, I, and, you know, that's how I knew that there was something wrong in this situation. Cause I've never been embarrassed to say that I fuck somebody like I will own that shit. And, um, so anyway, I completely forgot. I spoke about it on the show and I'm assuming I probably said that same thing. And he told me that like, he heard it afterwards. Cause it came out like, you know, you know how podcasts, how were they recorded in fairly real time. And, um, he said like, he just chalked it up to like me being an industry girl. And it's so crazy how like, and like he, he said he was like really hurt by it and like he just left it alone or whatever. But it's really just so crazy that so many things get lost in translation just based on your perceptions of people. And none of that shit, you know, with me, it was me actually being hurt. And because on the podcast, I wasn't saying I felt pressured or anything like, um, oh, Maul just stepped off. So it's just me and you, Joyce. Um, on the podcast, I didn't feel... I, I was that I spoke on on Joe's. I didn't feel pressure or anything. I wasn't saying that. I was basically shitting on him and basically saying he was super annoying and I just let him eat it all night to get him off of me. I I'm pretty sure that's I think that's the story I went with. <laughs> but it's funny because that was just my way of protecting myself. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it wasn't a stunt. I've never like had to just randomly say I fucked somebody to like stunt on a show because I could 
really fuck someone. But it was a way for you to kind of reconcile something. Yeah, to keep my power. I think that was the way that I kept my power. Yeah, it it was a Yeah, because I think subconsciously I felt like my power was taken away, whether I felt like he took it or I may... Maybe I felt so negatively about that situation because I felt like I gave my power away in that moment but here's because the thing. of my own issue. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's I'm I'm first of all, I'm super happy that you feel like this is resolved with him now and like mm-hmm. that's great that you were able to like have the conversation with him and like that you know, you probably went leaps and bounds then maybe if you had just gone straight to the internet, like at least you're going to the source and like figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that while you're like calling attention to, you know, the headspace that you were in at the time and how like, you know, you were more broken and whatnot, it's still important that like you're, I want to make sure like you're not putting any blame on yourself and like, no, I'm not blaming myself at all whatsoever. This was what, this is just what kind of goes back to. And I think that with like women in general though, like you don't have to be broken for like things to happen. Like No, not at all. I was just giving one example mm-hmm. of many scenarios that there can be. Yes, exactly. There are many yeah. ways that like that it was, t- it, I, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm giving fault on anybody. There was not really a lot of fault in that specific situation. And I was just explaining how, it was more about the energies and what that created in other scenarios. That's fucking great. Like I'm just, you know, like I'm not taking away from anyone else's I situation just by just to know that like you can have a great energy, like, and still be taken advantage of or like, absolutely. Still have yeah. You. So like, I just want to make it like clear that that's where we like that's I know that that's where you're coming from, but I just want to yeah. clear on the podcast. Yeah, because it like, may not it may not have translated. Perfectly happy, happy, great, like super, like highest self confidence ever, and like someone can still like you know just because of the way that Mal was saying earlier too, like men are bigger. Like our society has tr- trained like us to see men as more powerful, and they are, and like <sighs> so all of that, like you could have, you know, someone can just by the way society works, like the power dynamic is never going to be equal. And unfortunately, that can set people up to, you know, not want to speak up like you being shy to like say something like even if it's mm-hmm. if it's not the other person has set the tone that like, you could say whatever you want, and it doesn't matter. And they've set the space like, you could still be just uncomfortable to say something just because of like the way society works. And right. like, you could be yeah. fearful or given yeah. the different status, like you, you saying like you speaking, just hearing you speak of like the regard that you held him in or how you saw him position in mm-hmm. an industry that, you know, does not look at, does not frown upon sexual assault or the way that it should. And that kind of right. is a very sexual industry. Like you speaking out about that can seem like a point of condemnation for you. Then it's, you know, more than it seems like a, a teaching moment or a point of condemnation for him. And now here's right. the thing too, is that like men, like we can't expect people to be mind readers. So like if, if we right. say something, then like, how are they supposed to know? Like if you say no and they still try, then yeah, that's, then that's, that's a, great. that's a big issue. And that's, yes. that's not cool. And like Ma was saying earlier, if you say, 
no five times and the sixth time you say yes, like that's not okay either. That's also no. Never (laughs) say something and just do it. But in your head, you're like, damn, like I really don't be like, I don't want to suck this dick right now, but you don't, but you're still doing it. And you've shown no like, social cues particularly other than maybe some annoyance then that and that's what I'm saying that was what my situation ended up being and but also the reason why I'm happy and I felt that I got what I needed from that conversation was that I called to his attention to be mindful of his status in the world you know what I mean like that's all I can actually really do if if it if it was genuinely that he was oblivious as was I you know what I mean like Um, I learned what I needed to take from that situation. I learned how I need to speak up. I learned how I do need, you know, how my lack of self-esteem could cause myself to look at myself in certain regards and look at people in different regards, you know, different things. And there was still a power dynamic at the end of the day. He was more powerful than me, but what do you do when, if that person genuinely didn't feel that way, is it Mm -hmm. still, does it still count? Like, are they wrong in a sense where they should be punished or wrong in a sense where they need to be taught? You know what I'm saying? There's so many levels to it. And that is, say it again. And for this situation, like it became a particular. Yes. Which is why I felt that I, I personally felt in our conversation, I got the, I feel confident in that. I got the vibe that it was the genuinely oblivious. And so to make him aware of that made me feel confident that that's I mean in that salute in that particular situation that was what I could do because there was not much more that I felt that I could do there and I feel completely like I don't feel like I'm holding on to any energy from that situation so I listened to a podcast of improper etiquette that you did in 2018 and in that podcast they were talking I think that they kind of mention like when you fuck people like you're it's an energy exchange and you were like nah I don't feel that at all do you still feel that way I'm understanding now more about that and I don't think the sex I was having was an energy energy exchange I think I was so blocked off from energy that I wasn't receiving much um and this is like this is like an expanding on that answer because it's not quite that but I'm also starting to learn to like I had people that I just genuinely wanted to fuck and I knew that and I could look at them objectively and say they are not relationship material like I could look at like an artist for example and say like I don't want to be with them they are fucking all over the place they have 80 girlfriends and 20 children I've never fucked anyone like that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's a really good girlfriend to children ratio for being honest. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're, I, I respect it actually. Like four to one is pretty solid. It is actually, you know what? This imaginary rapper in my mind is doing well. Um, (laughs) they got this life thing figured out, but like, I, I realized like, you know, I was, I knew that and I would go into that and I'd fuck them, but I think I would take everyone's energy not from the sex, but from the world of like telling me that I'm fucking them for the wrong reason. So I'd absorb that energy instead, not actually the person's energy. And then suddenly I was, I don't know, I was such a hopeless romantic that I thought that even though I actually went into that thinking I didn't want them, I thought that we were supposed to fall in love. And then that was forever my issue. So then you did get caught in a place where there was an energy exchange. If I mean, even if it's just the idea that falling in love is Yeah. 
but I was like forcing it, like forcing myself to like expect them to want me, even though I knew me as a person was way too much for a lot of those people to handle. And I was still like forcing the issue because I swore that's what was supposed to happen. And my ego couldn't take someone not liking me in that way. Like I thought everyone was just supposed to fall in love with me. And when it didn't happen, I like chased it and I made it worse. It's a very weird situation, but I still don't feel like I took on anybody's like real energy. But the actual weird thing is just before I had my spiritual awakening, um, probably about a month before I had somebody over my house and we were like about to have sex. And I just like literally felt like I started seeing energy in his body. Oh shit. You told me about this. Yes. And it was literally like, I just felt like I was seeing like, literally felt like I was seeing negative energy and I was high, but at the same time I'm high all the time. And, and I you're don't high get off weed at that point. Not yeah. like you can yeah. people's energy. Like if you do shrooms, like that happened to me one time, like I seen one of my friends literally like black smoke was like hovering around him and there were spiders crawling out of his eyeballs. And I was like, this is a bad vibe. Like you got to leave. Yeah, no, like I was on just regular weed. I smoke weed all the time. I don't have weird paranoid situations like that. And like, it was just this red, like just this weird energy surrounding him. And I just like something in my spirit t- told me immediately, like he, I just, I cannot fuck with him. Like it, just something in me. And I literally made him go home that night. Like we did not have sex because something in me just felt like I am clashing so deeply with his energy. Like he is just not for me. And I have not seen that man since. Like I have not hung out with him since that day. Like no type of communication I don't know what it is I mean but and the thing was with that as well it wasn't like he was somebody I was getting to know and I just randomly cold turkey cut him off like he was literally just a random guy that I would fuck here and there anyway and I it was all useless like anytime I would call him it was a last resort like I I just really wanted some type of stimulation and he dubbed and, him a couple times yeah that's the same person who I tell all these stories of like <laughs> You know, I give him my, I let him pull up. I tell him I'm home and then I don't answer when he gets here. I put this guy through. Damn. I don't know. No, no, that shit is but he deserves it. That's why his, his energy reading was so off. He ain't know what the fuck was going to happen. All these times <laughs> you told him to pull up and then ghosted him when he's right outside the crib. He was probably <laughs> tense. I'm not saying you're wrong. You absolutely did the right thing, but this motherfucker was probably tense as shit. Because he didn't know, and I mean, it ended up being that way that he had to, he got set back in, but it seemed like it was a crapshoot every single time. Like, that was his whole existence with you. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe, but at the same time. No, go with your instincts, dude. You did the not only, not only that, like, just him as a person, he's not a great person. So oh, it doesn't you. really fucking okay. matter anyway. So, um, like, he's, he's no one to fucking write home about. So, uh, <laughs> so then you were right to ghost him as he was outside the crib. Exactly. You were practicing self-care. And also the the second time that that happened with him, I didn't tell him to pull up. I said like, yeah, I'm down to hang out. I didn't know he stored my address from a year before and he just pulled up outside. And oh. at that point, I didn't feel like having a conversation at all. Not even like I'm not ready yet. Like I didn't feel like having anything so that I just chose not to answer in that moment. And I hit him with the, I just woke up the next day vibe. Oh, but, oh you yeah. gotta leave me with that. I can can we edit the part where I tried to speak up on behalf of the nervous? We're trying, we're trying. Yeah, I mean, leave it in there. I gotta live my truth, but yeah, no, I didn't realize that, that shit was. Oh no, fuck him. 
Yeah, exactly. So, but other than that, um, I would say that, well, now I'm also understanding like an energy exchange as far as, well, I'm learning how to control my energies, period, and what I want out of a sexual exchange. And now I'm under, now that I have a firm understanding that like, I genuinely do see somebody that I might just want to actually fuck and because they look good and I know how to, now I know for sure how to separate it and be sure of it when before Mm -hmm. I just couldn't lean into it. But in the same token that I'm developing that, I almost kind of like don't really have anybody that I, that, that even sounds like a viable option for because, well, I mean, I don't know. At this point, I don't feel that way. It's not, it's, it's a little deeper now than but just I feel like, like. Now you're looking, you're, what you're, the intention is you're kind of seeking more of a connection with somebody. Exactly. But, That's what I was just going to say. Yep. It's totally okay to not have that intention. And the intention is you're fucking hot and I heard you got a big dick and I want to yep. see what's going exactly. on. Exactly. So the, if that does, but goal, even in those moments, the- I've learned that in those moments, they cannot be, they have to be intelligent. Like that's what I'm gathering all together. Like, I can't have a random fuck buddy that's not smart. Like, I can't. I'm not turned on if you're dumb. Like, and there's good looking rich men that are dumb. And I can't do that shit. Like, it's not about the money. It's not about any. It's into. I mean, it's a bunch of things together. Like, I would hope you're successful. But the intellect is like, even if I'm trying to just do a one night stand, like, I can't. you can't be, I cannot hang Bro, because I, I have to like hang out to enjoy the sex a little and I can't hang out with a dumbass. Like I just I cannot do it. Ne- I didn't realize like how dumb my ex is. Like we would just look at each other sometimes and just sit in silence. Cause I had nothing to talk to him about. Yo, my ex, I used to say certain words and shit. He'd be like, the fuck? And they'd yeah, be like, I basic shit. The shit. And I was just like, oh my God. Or like, we'd start, the only thing that he was good at talking about was politics, but then I would try to bring in like something historical and like, he wouldn't know what I was talking about. And it'd be like, basic shit. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. I mean, and let me be clear too. I don't need to date Einstein or a pompous asshole no, that like knows that way too smart. Conversation with that. no, and it's more so like I and like I don't need you to have even gone to college. I don't give a fuck about that. But yeah, like you need to have a really good perception of like the world and people and social commentary is like my favorite. Like just witty social comment. I don't even just like intelligence and common fucking sense, dude. Like we don't have to debate you know, Socrates philosophies because I don't know them. But Wu-Tang before you got on here? Why did you just say Socrates philosophies? I don't know, but as I said it, I felt really cool as I was starting this, as it like came out of my mouth. (laughs) It felt good. It did, it did. I feel like it came out good, it landed well, like all all around, 10 out of 10 on that one. You did what you had to do with that. Salute. Do we call it that? Did, did, did I just did I just get the the title of the episode? Don't get ahead of yourself, no. Don't get ahead of yourself. No, it's not. No, it's not. no. That sounds too deep. That sounds too deep for the. We didn't go that deep on this, this episode, episode at all. Socrates or philosophy. <laughs> we won't be mislabeling episodes now. Just yeah, that's probably. Yeah, that's probably not the vibe I want to get on this. And then they listen and they're like, yeah, I didn't get any Socrates or philosophies on it. But do any of our episodes relate to their titles? Um, Sometimes, like, there's something in there. I don't know. We'll figure it out post uh, thing. Was there anything else before we go? Because I do have to get into a little cooking. Was there anything else on that um, podcast episode that I said that you want to ask about? I don't know. I didn't look at the notes. Uh, huh, fly. What? He said that's fly. Just ignore the homework. 
Oh, no, I just don't have my phone in my hand because no. I'm trying to concentrate on the conversation. Oh, but uh, yes, I did want to talk to you about something. You, about uh, this week when I randomly texted you oh, when so you were high, I was like, Marissa, your life is like Broad City. Oh, yeah. It, it kind of actually 100,000% is. When Joy said that, I realized, like, I don't know if you guys watch Broad City, but I essentially feel like I'm a mixture of both characters with, like, some other shit. Um, I've been told I should have never seen a single episode. You've never seen a single episode? I've never seen Broad City. It's a great scripted series. I but you know what, though? Their own lives. Which is it took I- me... Go ahead. Oh, which it's based off of them, like uh, Alana Glazer and what's the other girl's name? Abby. I honestly don't know. I mean, but, yeah. but the characters are based off of them and they play, they are the actors. Themselves. And yeah. themselves. And so I was just like, Marissa, like, because they're so awkward. There's like awkward moments, but also like they're so funny and smart. And like, it, it's really well written to the point where like their awkwardness, like you could relate to. <laughs> and... Yeah. I was like, Marissa, like, you need to, like, write a scripted series. I feel like it would be so good, and you have so many stories that would translate so well in that format. I definitely agree, and I would like to explore that. So um, I'll try that and see where that goes. Got to write a screenplay. Yeah, that'll be a fun project to try. Add it to the quarantine cinema roster. When is yeah. the next scene happening? When do we get the next quarantine cinema? I was supposed to film yesterday. Then I was going to film today. I think I'm going to film this weekend. It's just exhausting. And I've been like doing 80,000 things a day. And I just don't have it in me to do a good performance. And I need it to be the best. So mm. just waiting till the day that my energy is right so that it translates well on film. We'll break Holy a leg. Look who's a thespian. Look at yeah. The energy wasn't right. I got to set and I just felt off. <laughs> it, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> I sat on my couch and thought to myself, not today. <laughs> What's my motivation? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> my, my co-star was pissing me off. My Chi-Chi was being rude. So. Oh, how, what's the cat house update? The castle. The castle. The Catzel, she's officially fucking with the Catzel. She is um, atop her perch as we speak. I feel very, very happy as a mom, a cat mom. And um, I also introduced her to catnip, and it gets her stoned as fuck. She's staring at the wall off that shit, just like dude, stuck. like staring for hours and falls asleep in like random places. And then she came over by me this morning. She had some catnip. And we both fell asleep together on the couch because I also had weed. And, like, I was holding her like a baby, and she had her head, like, cocked back. And she fell asleep with her mouth open and her eyes rolled back in her head. And I fell asleep with my mouth open. And it was really cute. Probably would have been a cool picture. But I woke up and thought she was dead. Like, I thought it was a dead cat in my arms. Like, she was literally, like, fucked up. Like, literally. so funny on a TV show. Have you seen that And I shook her, and then she like just sat straight up and like yawned, and it was great. We were great. You, She's good. You let Chi Chi wake and bake. Um, essentially, that's exactly. We waked and baked together. We woke and boke. Solidarity. <laughs> we did it in solidarity, my little girl. She's so fire. I love this girl. On that note, we can go. So, meiapodcast at gmail.com if you need us. At Marissa Explains if you want to holla at us there. At Jamal Jamo on Instagram and Twitter. At Joyce Adams with a Z at the end on Instagram and Twitter. And at Marissa Mendez. 
And we'll have also, all next week. Sorry, real uh, quick. Also, yeah. it's now nah, you look good on OnlyFans. Oh, yes. Important and key. And Joyce, what's yours? Maybe Joyce B. Okay. Um, and I don't have you. one, but message me about your experience with Jamal and Joyce's OnlyFans. And <laughs> I will let you guys know this. I never post pictures of my souls, but you will be getting lots of pictures on my soul of my souls if you subscribe to my OnlyFans. And, and on that people, note, I Yeah, please, let's just cut the audio right there. <laughs> yeah. If we're yeah. she's talking about showing her souls is just some yeah. that I didn't know was and, my souls. And good night. <laughs>